At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Chief Executive Officer, Financial Advisor, Justin Klein. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome back to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, January 5th, 2023 edition of Invest Talk. And we are moving quickly through the first trading week of the year. And one thing is almost certainly true that this year will not be the same as last. And that means you need to reassess your plans, kind of throw out last year, and take a fresh look at the markets, fresh look at your portfolio, fresh look at your strategy. And last year at this time, markets were much higher, asset prices in in general much higher, and People are still riding high on a great 2021. But guess what? The market doesn't care about what happened last year or didn't care how well you did last year. So that's vital to understand is that the market doesn't care about your your hopes and dreams of the way the world should be or what value you think the market should be at or a particular company should be at, the market's going to do what it's going to do. And that's what you need to understand. You need to invest for the way the world is and the world is changing. Even and the market's always constantly changing, but it's changing even more than normal. And so the question is, are you prepared? And that's what we are here to help you with, to get prepared. I'm Justin Klein. I'm here on this radio show and podcast to provide you with my unbiased guidance and answers to your finance and investment questions. So the phone number is open, as always, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 888 chart. And I've got a lot of material to discuss with you today. One is in regards to last year as a brutal year for stocks, bonds, and crypto. So we're going to look at some data to assess various asset classes. But time permitting, I have some others on the docket as well. One is about apartment rents. Is growth going to slow this year? Well, as you probably expect, yes, but at how much? And what is the multifamily mar- family market looking like? Now, I also want to touch on supply chains, green supply chains, and how much they're going to cost. 
And then lastly, if we have time, some important tax changes for this year. We also have some voice bank questions ready to play along with <clears throat> questions in regards to insider buying and advanced micro devices and NVIDIA. So I got this all planned for this episode of Invest Talk. So give me a call at 888-989 charts. Take a look at the market today. We had a pretty decent down day. We tried to rally through the end of uh, the trading session, but we sold off instead. So while yesterday was a nice positive update, today was a nice solid down day. And this was more in line with what you expect, what you would expect in this environment, which is growth underperforming. Large cap growth down 1.67%. Large cap value only down half a percent today. So over a 1% difference in just that part of the market. You move all the way down to the small caps, small cap growth down 1.74. Small cap value only down 0.65%. So that was close to the biggest discrepancy. It was actually in the mid caps, which is interesting. Mid caps down 2.07% on the growth side. On the value side, only down 0.84%. That was a, a, a big, big shift there. And you can see larger cap growth. That's where the underperformance is going to continue to be. You know, you had Microsoft down 3% today, NVIDIA down over 3%, AMD down over 3%, Amazon over 2 Tesla nearly 3%. That's where the damage is being done, people. And we talked about this many a times. And you need to be prepared. Today is another one. You know, when you get this trend, you get this consistency, you have to sit up and pay attention. We've been saying this for a while. Large cap growth is the most overvalued part of the market. And while this has come down a lot, it's likely to come down a lot more. Now, what did well today? Miners, gold miners, only down down less than 1%. And pretty much the best subsector in the market so far this year. I know it's only a handful of trading days in. But still, you're getting a message early on. Dollar, that was up a little bit. So the fact that precious metals hung in there despite a stronger dollar, definitely a good sign on that side, on that front. And then the 10-year. 10-year treasury that was up one basis point today, kind of still in this consolidation pattern between about three and a half and four and a quarter on the 10 year, which as we know, feeds into mortgage rates, for example. And mortgage rates are, are still elevated and that means weakness in housing. So that was the market today and more lessons to be learned as usual. Now let's head over to our first voice bank question today, which came in on 8899 chart. Hello, Justin and Steve, Chris from New York. Uh, Happy New Year. Just wanted to get your thoughts on Camping World, ticker CWH. Currently have a one and a half position on it and wanted to see if it would be a buy, sell, or hold. Down about 25%. Uh, I know it pays a dividend. Uh, it's a lower PE, but wanted to see what your thoughts were on it. Thank you. Bye. 
All right. Camping World Holdings provides services, protection plans, products, and resources for recreational vehicle enthusiasts across the United States. Did very well during the pandemic, and their business has slowly slowed throughout the last couple of years. You look at their operating cash from operations, it's now at about, it went negative as of the middle of last year. Turned back positive this last quarter, so that's good. So that's the issue here is that the you're, you're looking backwards when you're looking at that PE, okay? And you need to really understand that those type of profits, those ty- type of cash flow uh, is not realistic going forward. A lot of pulled forward demand, made a lot of money, and now that's ebbing. So not a place that I want to be. Uh, they do have a lot of debt on their balance sheet, about $2.3 billion in net debt. Their market cap is right around a billion. And if you look at the chart, if I bring up CWH on this chart, it's in a solid downtrend. And there's nothing showing me that it's going to turn around soon. So I'm passing on Camping World Holdings. It looks more like a value trap than a great value in my mind. Now we're heading into a break. Steve and I are happy to play your recorded voice bank questions, but we love your live calls as well. And our number never changes, never closes. It's still 888-99 chart on Invest Talk. In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need InvestTalk. With total downloads nearing 50 million, each InvestTalk podcast should be one of your key financial planning and educational tools. InvestTalk is a free download. And hosts Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to provide their unbiased guidance and professional analysis developed from real-time data research and years of investing experience. 24-7, rain or shine, during smooth sailing or on rough weather days, the Invest Talk listener line is open and waiting for your questions. You set the agenda. Don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. It's a new year, but you've got finance and investment questions, so Justin Klein is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now, my main focus point today concerns the story behind this headline, 2022 was a brutal year for stocks, bonds, and crypto. And while the fourth quarter brought some relief for markets, it was not enough to change really the outcome for the year, which was one for the record books and, and not in a good way. And bond market posted one of its biggest losses in history. And there's some, some interesting data points to, to look back on. The Morningstar U.S. Market Index ended the year down 19.4%. That's the biggest annual loss since 2008. U.S. stock markets uh, losses were moderated by gain, again, about 7.3% during 
the last three months of the year. Even though the NASDAQ fell only fell 1% uh, in the fourth quarter, broad equities advanced. And a lot of that had to do with some liquidity injections in the background from the Fed. Uh, you probably don't see it. And it doesn't sound like it from headlines, but there's definitely some work behind the scenes to quell the, the volatility going into the fourth quarter. Okay. Now, on a sector level, big tech stocks plummeted the most. While energy did very well, up 62.5%, its best year in, in the 24-year history of the Morningstar U.S. Energy Index. What did poorly? Well, communications services did very bad. Fell 40.9%, its worst loss since the start of performance history going back to 1998. Growth, the, the Morningstar U.S. Growth Index fell 36.7%, but value stocks didn't fall very much. Bonds had the worst year in modern history. The U.S. Core Bond Index fell 12.9%. Prior cal- calendar year bear markets in that index never exceeded 4%. That did rally in the fourth quarter with interest rates coming down a bit. But still, pretty bad year for bonds. Supposed to be a ballast to portfolios. It wasn't so last year. Treasury yields of all maturities were up two-year rose from 0.8% in January to 4.3%. The 10-year rose from 3.8 from, to 3.8 from 1.5 at the start of the year. Oil prices had a high of 106, but finished the year around 80. So that was, uh, I think, probably a bit of surprise considering the energy prices or energy stocks did very, very well. Uh, but cryptocurrency lost over $550 billion in market cap, down 65% for the year. So that was that was a good wrap up. Um, you know, that if we dig into value plus growth, for example, the Morningstar U.S. Value Index ended the year down less than one percent, less than one percent, whereas growth is down thirty six point seven. And this is the widest performance gap uh, on record. Large cap growth down 40.4% last year. Large cap value up quarter percent. Pretty crazy, right? Small cap growth down 33. Small cap value down 2.4. So it was a, a, a very interesting year. And it's uh, from a sector standpoint, there were wide dispersions. And I expect the same this year. Talk about energy up 62.5 and communication services down 41, but consumer cyclical down 35. So it just shows you in a slowing economy, you don't want to be in those type of uh, sectors. Basic materials are only down 11. Financial services down 12. Industrial is only down 8%. Consumer defense is two point, down 2.6. Healthcare down 5.18. The only other positive sector besides energy, utilities up about 1.6% for the year. And the dividend index certainly outperformed, only down 7.8% for the year. So uh, a lot of great data. We have a link over on besttalk.com to the, the Morningstar article here that we're, we're um, I'm looking at. A lot of, you should probably dig into it because it's definitely something you should, you should, you should be looking at different asset classes and understand that, hey, this is the start of a longer term trend for many of them. Now we're heading into a break. So give me a call now at 888-99-CHART. 
One of the most rewarding things I do each weekday is host the Invest Talk podcast. I truly enjoy helping investors, and I know that every question counts and every answer I provide will be unbiased. You, the caller, get to chart the course for each Invest Talk podcast. Call with your questions anytime, day or night, 888 99Chart. This is Alan from Hayward, California. My question is if an insider purchases $5 million worth of stock, but his net worth is $650 million, does his purchase tell you that he has serious conviction in the stock, or does it tell you maybe he bought it only for cosmetic purposes? Assuming all things are equal, would a $5 million purchase from an insider catch your attention? Thanks. Love the show. Well, insider buying is always a positive. You can't say that it's a bad thing, uh, but you know, if they if they're worth six hundred million, is five hundred million that impactful for them, or five million that impactful? You know, not really, but it's still money, right? It's still seven figures. Uh, you, you know, I look at it more of what? How is this out of the norm? Right, because because sometimes the insider buying is just simply executing the options that are given to them, that are expiring, for example. Um, so you really have to look at it in context. The same with selling. A lot of times people say, "Oh, insiders are selling." Well, many times they're selling because they are they, they don't maybe make a huge salary, but their stock based compensation is significant, and they consistently sell on a regular schedule. So it's definitely something to look at, something to consider, but it's also not the only data point that I'm going to use. It's going to need to be a lot of factors that go into me buying it. That's that's good. That's good that uh, insiders are confident in the company and its future. But it's not the end all be all. Now, let's touch a bit on the rental market. And according to data, there's going to be nearly half a million new apartment buildings or units to hit the market this year. That's the most of any year since 1986. And that comes on the heels of last year when there were more than 400,000 units completed. And cities like Miami, Austin, Texas, Raleigh, North Carolina, they have a large amount of new supply expected to hit the market this year. And this comes on the heels of rental prices starting to come down and vacancies are piling up. And the biggest wave of new rental buildings in nearly four decades is expected to put pressure on rent prices. This is going to be good for inflation. Why? Because about 44 million households rent and more than 19 million of them spend 30% or more of their income on rent or other housing related costs. Now we had a lot of pent up demand for housing units. And then once everything reopened after the lockdowns, there was a huge increase in rent prices. They're about 25% over two years nationwide, but you're starting to see that reverse. From October 
Uh, between October, uh, sorry, April and October of last year, rents fell 3% in Vegas, 2% in Phoenix, 1% in Tampa. All three of those cities saw rents increase 30% during the previous two years. Another aspect that's going to hit rental prices, jobs and wages. We talked yesterday about how most of the layoffs are coming from the tech space, people that make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year or more, and many of them are still renting. And a lot of these new units are luxury apartments because that's where the biggest yields are. And so I think being a landlord over the next decade is going to be a lot more difficult than in the past. Not only do you have higher borrowing costs, so if you want to refinance or anything, that's going to cost more. It's harder. uh, The the, the wage pool is, not the wage pool, the labor pool to fix things and, and take care of properties is shrunk. It takes longer to get things done. Costs more. And then you have a lot of supply coming on market here. And that's a huge issue. And then you have the fact that Price appreciation for real estate is probably going to go in reverse. So this is actually the part of the housing market I'm the most concerned about. Building sales for apartment buildings in November were 74% below their levels during the same period last year or the previous year, 2021. And so... This is, there's a lot of mom-and-pop renters. There's a lot of institutional money that's been going into, you know, renting homes and, and uh, building apartment buildings. And if you, 08 was an oversupply of single-family homes for purchase, this cycle, there's a lot more oversupply of multifamily and just rentals in general out there in the marketplace. And so if you're a real estate investor, it's going to be a lot harder than you've seen in the past. Now, the next invest stock story behind this question is the oil market crisis sparked by Russia's invasion nearing its end. We're going to talk about that story tomorrow. But Sammy from San Francisco, hang on. You will be next here on Invest Talk. But for now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your question live at 888-99-CHART. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data 
or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com, HackerOne.com. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Sammy in San Francisco looking at Microsoft. Uh, hi, Justin. Happy New Year to you. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I'm calling is to get your view on Microsoft. Um, mm-hmm. I, I picked it up way back a couple of years ago at 196, and it has been dropping consistently for the last several uh, trading sessions. So I would like to hear from you what you expect uh, from this stock going forward. Uh, do you recommend holding it or should you just dump and run? Uh, what's your view? This is the easiest call I've had in a long time. Dump it and run. Look, Microsoft, just look what happened in Salesforce. Salesforce, they, Microsoft already uh, announced layoffs. Salesforce also announced layoffs yesterday. And what did these companies do? They sell software to businesses and they sell these seats, right? Seats, uh, uh, whether that's uh, in the Salesforce CRM or Microsoft 365, we use Microsoft 365. And guess what? If we hire an employee, we have to we have we, we have our email through Microsoft, right? We have all of these things through Microsoft. Every employee that we have has a subscription that we pay for. Okay, when you're laying off people or not hiring people, that means you're cutting expenses. You're not paying for those extra seats. Those seats are going to go away. You think they're you think uh, you think that Meta is laying off whatever is ten thousand people, and you think they're going to keep their ten thousand subscriptions to Microsoft 365 for all those employees? Uh Uh-uh. Canceled. Gone. So there's going to be a huge correction in these cloud names, uh, especially on the business front. Because when you don't have, you have less employees, it means less money spent on software. And that's the way the world is now, right? So, you know, that's that's the downside of a subscription model. When you're when you're running a when you're running a subscription model business, it's great when things are status quo. Over time, you get more revenue than someone buying the software outright and just owning it. You know, back in the day, you, I remember in the '90s when we had we had our own server in the office and we bought software licenses. We bought one. Okay. Or we bought a new computer and we bought, you know, we had to pay for installation of the Microsoft suite one time. And we could use that computer for a year or 10 years. Didn't matter. We bought the license. Microsoft got payment one time for that software. And they said, okay, we're going to do the subscription model. Over time, you're going to earn more. And that's certainly true. And, and Microsoft's done very well. But now 
it becomes an even more cyclical business. And a lot of these scoffer names are that way. Right? So there's more pain to come in large cap tech. Let, let me, let me, let me, let me send a message to all, all of you investors out there. The good places to be are probably in names that maybe you haven't heard of. And definitely the people that you know that aren't involved in markets have never heard of. Right? So if your sister, or your cousin, or your neighbor, they don't look at the stock market, they're not into investing. The, the companies that they know, they're probably not going to do for the vast majority of them. They're not going to be great places to invest this decade. Large cap stocks, especially large cap growth, has a lot more pain to come. Especially those servicing the business sector. So that's an easy one. Sell Microsoft. Now let's pivot back to the Best Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier on 888 chart. Hey, Steven, Justin. I just have a quick question because I was looking to get into semiconductors, and I'm not sure if I should either get into AMD or NVIDIA for the long term. Just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on both of those stocks, and thank you. Easy. These are large-cap growth stocks. And they're in a sector, they're in cyclical sectors. The semiconductor sector is very, very cyclical. I don't want to own either of these names. So you're looking, you're barking up the wrong tree. You're looking in the wrong space. Everyone keeps looking in the wrong space. Still, I get calls every single day here. And still 70, 80% of them are in the wrong areas of the market. Looking at the wrong companies. And it's a good example. It just shows me still a long way to go. Still way too much investor interest in these type of names. They're still married to what happened, you know, during the phase of zero interest rates and everything moving to the cloud. And a lot of that is ebbing. And we are in year one or just finished year one of likely a three-year bear market for most of these large cap growth names. Some of them have fully corrected most of what they're going to do. Others have a long, long way to go. And if you look based on price patterns and history of many of these names, they go down about 80% on average from their high. 80, eight zero. And some of them are down that much and they might go down a little bit more. But some are down 60 and they still have another 50, 60% down to go from where they are today. Yeah, I love the saying, what's a, what's a stock that's down 90%? Well, it's a stock that's down 80 and then gets cut in half from there. So we keep sending this message value stocks, right? Your companies that aren't trading at high multiples. NVIDIA, what's NVIDIA at? 
39 times earnings. Still, after being down 53% from its 52-week high. It's going to make four bucks next year, and earnings estimates are coming down. These are the names you want to look at. Thanks for the call. Now, as 2023 gets moving, the supply chain problems that we had over 2021 and 2022 have mostly untangled. We're having actually goods deflation for most of the world. But what's setting in now is a lot of green protectionism. And multinationals are accelerating their diversification away from China. Now, this is going to be inflationary. We talked about how inflation is going to come down here, but it's still going to remain elevated, right? We're going to go from nine to probably four. And getting from four to two is probably going to be difficult. Now, who are the winners? Well, industrial companies. The companies that can create supply chains that are resilient and still don't cost very much more. The losers, China, clearly. Even the EU, they have a pending carbon border adjustment mechanism, which basically says, hey, if you're going to export for example, steel from China, and it's made with very dirty coal, whereas the, the steel in more developed nations are made with cleaner sources of energy. Well, we're going to tax that Chinese-made steel. And it's not just steel. It's aluminum, polysilicone. This is why solar panel prices have started to go up. And China really is, is starting to dominate the electric vehicle market and batteries, but a lot of it because of because of poor environmental regulations, very low regulations. And the Inflation Reduction Act is kind of hitting at trying to take that lead away from China. It mandates that to receive subsidies, electric vehicles must be assembled here in the U.S., their batteries must contain a certain percentage of materials from the U.S. or its free trade partners, such as those in Europe, South Korea, etc. And so, this is this is actually a pretty strong tailwind to many parts of many sectors of the market: industrials, basic materials, energy. But it has to be sourced in the right place. And that's what's, that, that's what's important here is this is a new era. It's not just about what do you do. It's about where you do it and how you do it. Are you doing it in a way that's making governments happy? Are you doing it in jurisdictions that are stable politically? And... Even European automakers could find themselves squeezed because of higher material costs, those input costs in, in Europe. So supply chains are being remade, being disrupted, 
And that means higher prices, but it also means opportunity. And it also means economic activity. You know, I get people calling about the real estate, real estate markets going to hell in a handbasket. And yeah, it's definitely weak. And it's probably going to remain that way for some time. But that's not the whole economy. There's always a bull market somewhere. There's always opportunity in the market. It takes a level of thinking, sophistication, and nuance to find those opportunities. And so if you paint everything with a broad brush, it's going to be difficult. If you are only thinking about names that you and your cousin, your brother, and your neighbor have heard of, you're looking at too small of an opportunity set. There are thousands of companies listed on exchanges here in the U.S. You probably have only heard 100 or 2. means you're missing out on 80, 90% of that opportunity set. And so you need the tools. You need to invest in the tools. Or maybe your broker has some tools. I think that's super underappreciated when you, if you open an account with a broker, you know, this is one thing everyone's at, 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 at um, Robinhood, the free trading and the cool app that spits out confetti at you and you make a purchase. That's not what makes a good broker. So that helping you become a better investor? No, it's actually making you a worse investor psychologically. Because it makes you think that, oh, buy, just simply buying a stock, you accomplished something. No, you didn't. You don't earn anything when you first buy the stock. It's about buying it and maybe eventually selling it at a higher price. So in this new era, it's going to take more work. Just throwing an index fund, not going to do so hot. You're going to be in those names, majority in those names that you don't know, or that you do know, and very little in the names that you don't. So go out there and explore. I guarantee you're going to find some much better opportunities. Now, the day we've talked about has come. The new year is here and should make you realize that eventually another day is coming and another day and then eventually retirement day. And the question is, are you prepared? Are you prepared to deal with a changing market dynamic that I just spoke about in order for you to achieve your own version of financial, your, your financial future, your financial security, financial freedom. You're gonna need updated strategies based on your own particular circumstances, meaning your risk tolerance level and your goals. So it's worth taking a minute to make you aware of some of the benefits of working with myself or Steve Peasley at our company, KP Financial, based in Irvine, California, where we practice unbiased guidance, both on and off air. We operate the same philosophy, independent thinking and shared success, and we practice parallel investing, which means we invest right alongside our clients. So if you want to take advantage of our free portfolio review assessment, just head over to investtalk.com or give our office a call at 800 557 five, four, six, one, speak for 10 minutes. And I'm sure I can at least 
help you move you along in the right direction for better portfolio outcomes. And the sooner you contact us, the sooner we'll help you get your portfolio optimized. Now this is Invest Talk, and let's play another listener question. Hi, I was calling about the company Coupang. Was hoping to get your opinions and thoughts about the company. Thank you. Coupang, CPNG, CPNG. This is a South Korean company. It's an online retail platform offering apparel, footwear, books, body care. Okay, so it's like the Amazon of South Korea. Hmm. Chart doesn't look very hot. It's supposed to earn 23 cents a share this year. It's at a $16 price. I see no reason to buy it, to own this. Coupang. I mean, the technicals have improved. Low was in May, right? And high single digits around what's that, nine bucks. Now it's at 15, spot 81. Turn equity is negative, turn assets negative. Nothing about this gets me too excited, so I'm passing on who paying CP and G. Now we're heading into our final break, so give me a call now at 888 chart Invest Talk is always made better when our listeners contribute their questions. So tell your friends and family members they can interact in real time with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein during the Invest Talk live stream program between 4 and 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Or they can leave their questions anytime 24 7 in the Invest Talk voice bank. 888 99 Chart. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Art from Tucson and uh, calling about a what looks like a good small cap value stock to me in an industry that should be in demand for a long time. Encore Wire Corporation, W-I-R-E, and wondering what you guys think about the company, maybe a good entry point on the stock. It's I'd like to see it come in some, but I'm kind of wondering where to uh, pull the trigger on it if it proves to be a, a good company to invest in. All right, thanks, and um, I will listen on the podcast. Okay, this is Encore Wire Corp. It's engaged in manufacturing electrical building wire and cable. It supplies building wire for internal electrical wiring, commercial and industrial buildings, homes, apartments, and manufactured housing. And I think this is this is why I'm worried about it. Because <clears throat> if the real estate activity, real estate building is going to ebb, the demand for their end products are also going to ebb. And you're seeing that with earnings for next year or this year, excuse me. So last year, once fourth quarter is reported, earnings are expected to be up 32% to $34.50. But this year, earnings are supposed to fall to $16.09. And remember, pre-pandemic, they were only making two, three bucks, two, about three, call it three bucks a share on average between 2018 and 2020. If they go anywhere close to those levels, this stock is cratering. So remember, the market looks forward. And a lot of people get caught up in the numbers today. 
And what I would like to see is consistency over a multi-year period. And this period is even more challenging than, than typical because uh, the kind of distorted market that the shutdowns created, that the stimulus packages created, the economy, as you well know, is not normal over the past three years. We're getting back to some semblance of normalcy. And that's why you're seeing constant reversions to the mean. And this name, Encore Wire, I wouldn't even call it small cap value. It's small cap, the market cap of only 2.5 billion. But I would call it on the growth of your side. Once again, you're looking at the P ratio based on today's earnings, very low, uh, five-ish. But that's unrealistic. It's not going to stay that level and analysts see that. And so this is why it pays to pay for data, why it pays to have a broker that gives you good data so that you're not blindsided. You're not using old stale data. Now, analysts, I don't think are great at price targets. Like you should never listen to an analyst price target. But what you should look at is where are earnings headed? Because that's what they're good at. They're good at talking to management. They're good at assessing the industry. They've worked in the industry for a while. They know the trends, right? They're talking to suppliers. They're talking to their customers, talking to leadership teams within, within the companies. And they're, they're doing a fairly good, they tend to do a fairly good job of Understanding where, what direction at least earnings are going. But they don't know where the, what type of multiple the market's going to put on those earnings. They're usually very bad at that. So try not to look backwards when you're investing. Try to look forward as much as you can. Invest through the windshield, not the rearview mirror. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley, and I thank you for listening. We encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast download, which you can find anytime at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And be sure to rate and review on iTunes. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.